1: What's up, everybody? I am your host, Chris Hampton. Welcome to Episode 32 of the Power Company Podcast, brought to you by PowerCompanyClimbing.com. I am sitting here in Denver, Colorado at my friend Brendan Leonard's house. Uh, Brendan and Hillary Oliver's house, I guess I should say. And you might know them better as Semirad.com and Juniper Media. They've been nice enough to let me use their house several times while I've been here in Denver. So shout out to you guys. Thank you. And uh, I'm here to speak to the team at Rockin' and Jammin' and work with their coaches a little bit. And my friend uh, Natalie hooked that up. So thanks, Natalie. I appreciate that. I'm really looking forward to working with those guys tonight. And uh, after tonight, I picked Nate up at the airport and we head to St. Louis where I'll be emceeing the So Ill Showdown on March 24th and 25th. So if you're in the So Ill area... Uh, you should definitely show up for that comp. As far as I'm concerned, it's the indoor comp of the year. Um, So come on out and say hello while you're there. Uh, The following week, uh, Nate and I will be staying in St. Louis where we'll be running uh, three separate workshops at So Ill on the 27th, 28th, and 29th. The first one will just be uh, a hangout with us. We'll give give out free advice. You can ask us questions. Uh, We'll all be climbing together at the gym. And we'll do a better sport climbing workshop and a better bouldering workshop. And uh, we're going to wrap up that week at So Ill on uh, Thursday, March 30th with a a podcast in front of a live audience. So if you're around, uh, please come out. We're going to be talking to uh, some local heroes. Uh, Nate and I will both be there. You can ask us questions. It's going to be a good time. Um, So Definitely come out. Um, Before I start this episode off, I want to say one last thing. Um, With this episode, we'll almost certainly hit 100,000 downloads. So thank you to you guys. That's huge. We've just been doing this a little over a year, and I can't even fathom that 100,000 times people have listened to me ramble on for hours. So thank you for that. However, we only have 48 ratings and 33 reviews on iTunes. And frankly, I think we can do better. Uh, I'm looking to hit 100 reviews in 2017. So if you're a subscriber, if you're listening to this, and you haven't gone to iTunes, believe me, I know how much of a pain it is. But if you haven't gone and left us a, a review left us a rating, please go do that. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. The podcast powers at B tell me that it's big for getting us in front of new people on iTunes. Um, and, you know, thanks to you guys who have left reviews. That's, that's gigantic for us. And I've got a couple I just want to highlight today uh, from Jess Blah. Uh, she's a climbing coach, lifelong student. She says, these podcasts are pure gold. I have notepads full of information already. Keep them coming. Jess, we certainly will. Thank you. And from Aaron Isla, who I was lucky enough to meet and climb with in Waco Tanks this season. Uh, her title is awesome, and she says, super useful and applicable information. Keep it up, guys. Love the board meetings. Great stuff. Thanks, Aaron. We've got a board meeting coming the next episode with all four of us, actually. Be the first one with all four of us, so looking forward to that. Um, today's episode, Justin Shong. We, uh, we sat down at Justin's house uh, last summer. So it's taken a while to get this out, but you guys know I got a backlog here. We sat down at his house and we had a really wide-ranging conversation about ego, partnerships, and awareness of your own climbing. So uh, I'm just going to jump right into this.
0: But when someone is climbing well, you see that natural, that rhythm. Like they feel it. And that's the key sense that most people don't tap into when they're training. feeling.
1: Time to build power. This time time to build power. This time But what I want to talk to you about is ego, both you know, both positive and negative. Because it can go both ways, right? Yeah. You know, and you've worked with some high level athletes, and I'm sure there's a, a big ego game that goes on there. And uh, something that Nate and I were talking about on the way over that I want to start with that I think is pretty powerful is this sense of self-worth that people take from their climbing, you know, And, and with pro athletes I'm sure it's exaggerated even more. But even just the general climber has this sense of self worth tied into their climbing, be it negative or positive. So what do you see you know, the differences between pro athletes versus the general climbing public? Oh, good question.
0: Um, Higher level athletes, self-worth. I mean, it's their identity. They highly connect to it. Um, I often see them excel at one genre of climbing, uh, be it bouldering, sport trad, and they really cling to that. And, I guess through the years, I've seen these people, they they really cling to it. And then over time, their bodies can't handle it. Especially like right now, it seems like a lot of the strong boulders in the last number of years, are, their bodies are, I don't know about breaking down, but they're getting hammered from bouldering all the time right. and landing. And they're starting to venture off into sport climbing or track climbing or something different. And ego is a part because they can't they're not throwing down the same numbers. right? Uh, it, I think it's pretty cool that Carlo, yeah, he throws down big numbers, bouldering, obviously. He's been taking more of an interest. It sounds like he's been up on the diamond this year. Yep. And I find that great, just climbing like 5'11s, 5'10s, I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't know the details, and I think it's really a good thing. It requires
1: – I think it's hard for athletes. And do you see, you know, because you've got so many – good athletes around here do you see people kind of fight against that like if they're starting to break down they just keep pushing and keep pushing until they're totally broken do you see that happening or is it the trend of switching disciplines kind of taking over um i think it's age
0: that allows them to switch over uh, i think they get to a certain maturity. age. yeah a lot at least in boulder here a lot of people move here when they're 18 yeah um And at that age, they're known or they're good at something, and they Mm -hmm. want to stick to it. And And they can bounce back really fast from anything. Correct. So I think it's the um, with age, they get in their solid 20s, upper 20s, and then they start to be more curious. And they feel more like they've made a name for themselves. Those younger
1: folks, they haven't quite made that, established that name. Yeah. That brings up something interesting. You've seen a lot of athletes that you've worked with young, and now they're, you know, older and reaching their 30s, you know. How do you see their ego change through those years other than just the maturity aspect of it? You know, like when those young guys come in, are they totally brash and. You know, or do you see some some mindfulness there? Oh.
0: I I guess when when I see these young kids and they come in, I I do see that brashness, but I don't really take it personally. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just fighting for as much respect as they can kind of grab. Sure, um, and I I do believe they have good intentions they just they're young they can't communicate it properly i think that's what they struggle with yeah i don't think they mean to be they come off sometimes as dicks and i don't think that's what their intention
1: is sure Uh, and when you're young and they come off that way you end up coming off the same way because that's how you're reading it
0: oh yeah or i this day and age i i mean i'm just like do you really mean that? Right. And all kind of, if it, especially if it's directed towards me or towards someone else that I hear, I'm like, Do you really mean that? Come on now.
1: Do you know what it sounds like? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and this sport's kind of selfish. You know, it's kind of an individualized, selfish sport anyway. So you have to bring I some ego. I don't think into it should it. be selfish though.
0: I'm okay. going to push back against this. I okay. I really resent that how it is going to be selfish if we're gonna actually this is a good this is my direction back to you yeah let's go uh this modern day age of bouldering or sport climbing is i just need someone to carry extra f- pads up or just to hang on to the other end of the rope while i climb my project mm-hmm. i can't stand that attitude i yep. mean like it doesn't matter who your partner is i know you climb better with certain people and certain energies for sure But this day and age, it's like, I don't need someone else. I just need pads or someone to blame
1: me. And there's no partner connection at all. I think it's deteriorating. Yeah, we definitely don't hear of it anymore. Like the Piana Skinner, the Calc and Backer, the, you know, those old partnerships. And
0: yeah, you could say, well, we're not as clicky anymore, but it's also, there's not a tightness like with a good partner, you can be vulnerable. Like I, like, I was climbing with Adam Stack this morning. Adam, I've known since he was a kid. Yep. And, yeah, he was a little punk-ass bitch when he was young and mouthy and yeah. funny but pushed it too far. And he's totally mellowed out now. It's very fu- interesting to be around Adam. Uh, but we had a partnership. And he knows, like, when I go climbing with him that, yeah, I'm not the boldest dude out there. And so when I say watch me, he's like, yeah, I'll watch you. I got it. I know it's not that hard, but I know how you get, and I want to be here for you. Mm-hmm. And I want you to have a good day, too. And so I think it's really important that I wish there was a stronger partnership amongst people. Where yeah,
1: I, I think I agree completely. Can we kind of shift gears and go that direction?
0: I think. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the blaying thing. More and more people are getting dropped. Why? Because they don't even connect to their blare when they take off. It's like they tie right. in, they start going up. And I've seen this at, like, popular Craigs. It's like, I'll ask, like, are you tied in? Oh, yeah, you're still too late. I'm like, it's not too late. You're at the third bolt. I've, I can't recall if I actually checked you. Mm-hmm. Did you double back? And is are you cool? Yeah. <laughs> and don't give me attitude. I, I'm trying to get your back, and you just took off. Yep. <laughs> so it's like, I really wish people would, like, look me in the eye as a belayer and say, are we ready to go for this? Yeah, we're ready to go for this. Let's do it. And then – because that's how I see it is my – they're the athlete. They – their job is to put on that good show. Mm-hmm. My job is to be an audience. But if you don't even want, as an actor or performer, to engage your audience, mm. I could care less, man. I'm going to go down there and surf on my phone. Right. <laughs> if you're going to be a jerk or dis- not engage me, yep. it's just like, oh, what's going on? I got a ding, ding, ding.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, com- I completely agree. I definitely think partnerships are – maybe the most important part of of this thing you know i can't i don't want to leave the ground and i'm not going to be able to try my hardest if my belayer is just some random person i'm not good at at just grabbing random people to go climbing with you know i definitely like to have a connection while i'm out there what do you think is driving this you know like like you said it's going toward a selfish way and you don't like that i think well it has a lot to do with I mean, there is
0: a larger sense of community. I mean, you go to the gym yep. and there's a large sense of community and it's like, oh, I know so-and-so and I know so-and-so and okay, I'm looking for a belay, you're looking for a belay or you're looking to climb, let's kind of hang out together. Mm-hmm. But it, it's for a lack of, I mean, this is probably a lame analogy, but it's probably like just Facebook friends, like, oh yeah, yeah let's yeah. just be friends. And like, I don't know this person. And I've met them, but I don't know them. I would never consider them a friend. Right. Um, Just like for you and I, we're not friends. I know you. We've had a couple interactions, Mm -hmm. but like that
1: connection. Right. Yeah. Do you think you develop that by going climbing or do you want to have that connection with someone before you go climbing? Oh, I, you develop it
0: while climbing, I think, don't okay. you? That's what, for sure, that's the way I would do it. Yeah, I love it, build it, because I get to see that individual for who they really are. Yeah. That's what the awesome thing about climbing is, is you can't hide who you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are who you are, and you get to see, you read the person's body language for who they are.
1: Yeah, and, and you what get to watch do.
0: people grow in a pretty cool way. Yeah. When you go rock climbing. And evolve over time. You build that, it's like that long-term friendship. If you have that decade, multi-decade friendship, you you've seen that history of that friend. It's the Mm -hmm. same thing with climbing. It's like, okay, I
1: knew this person there, and you see these this journey that they're on. So when you're thinking of like a big, you know, not necessarily a project that you want to do, but but a big objective that you have, do you think in terms of of partnerships in that, or is it something that that's your objective? and you'll reach out to one of your many partners?
0: Uh, that's a good question. I would say often it's just
1: it's a mutual relationship. Okay. Uh, so you and, want someone else with that same objective?
0: Yeah. Like um, All my LCAP routes, I had really tight connections with everybody that I climbed with, mm-hmm. uh, and it forms over time. Uh, any sport climb projects, same thing. It forms over time um i do like that i like that connection
1: yeah so for you it's not really a selfish thing at all you're i mean obviously there's some this is what i want to do but you're looking at it from a relationship point of view well
0: i think it's just it it, i mean i just love climbing i just want to climb Mm -hmm. so it's uh if I get that partner and at the end of the day, like I can tell that they had a great day. Yeah, it really helps me have a great, it makes my day seem better or they're having a great time. Yep. It really connects to me. Um, especially when like tomorrow I'm supposed to do 30 pitches for Chelsea Rude's birthday. And yeah, I think it's going to be hard for her. She's becoming a track climber and she's yeah. scared of Eldo for probably good reasons. Um, And she'll probably fall apart because that's part of the challenge and it's exciting to be there with her and like that's where that connection grows is like when you you see a real moment it like gets exciting
1: yeah for sure
0: like for my 41st fifth that's where she kind of got it I think was I did 45 pitches and Like, I cramped up in the middle of the day. And I told my partner, college kid, I'm like, I think I'm done. I don't know. Oh, come on. Let's do it. Let's finish it. And I'm like, my biceps are
1: cramping. Like, I'm going to take a huge whip soon. Yep. So, So, what about when your partner's not having a good day? How How do you handle that as a partnership without being selfish and just saying, I still need to continue doing my thing?
0: Oh, I'll have to. I mean, you can...
1: If I'm having a
0: decent day, because sometimes I'm on that opposite end and I wish what I like to do, if I feel comfortable, is just call the person out. Why are you being a dick today? Mm-hmm. What's wrong? And just kind of like get it out there. And then there's usually something going on they just need someone to talk to or open up and just say it out. And then the day I usually turns around,
1: um, get it out there in the open. Yeah, it's That's the same thing with any fear. like a relationship case. too. You know?
0: Relationship or, yeah, or relationship with your project even. Yeah. Uh, so many people are, I find, in denial about their fears. And it's like, come on now, I know you're scared. <laughs> I know you're intimidated for something. Just say mm-hmm. it. It's going to make it so much easier. Yeah. And people are hesitant usually at first because they don't feel safe. They don't feel like they can be vulnerable. And that's why that partnership, I think, is important. Yep. Is when I have a strong partnership, I can just say it how it is.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I was having a conversation with uh, BJ Tilden's wife. uh, My fiance and I were having dinner with BJ and his wife. And uh, we were talking about what did the guys talk about at the crag? Because the girls had all been going climbing together. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they pour everything out. And BJ and I were like, we don't really talk about anything. Like, we talk about climbing and projects and you know and it it seemed interesting to me that the girls took it this this completely different direction than the guys do and i definitely believe i have a good partnership with bj when we're going climbing but it doesn't have to be totally emotional and he'll call me out you know if i'm being a pussy on something he'll call me out and i appreciate that um with do you have a difference with guy girl partnerships Like when you're with a girl, is it different than if you're climbing with a guy?
0: Or
1: are you just open the same way both ways? I would say I'm emotionally
0: open the same way. Mm -hmm. I would say I'm naturally more protective the opposite way. Like if I'm trad climbing. If you're trad
1: climbing, you want a
0: different partner? I will put myself in more risk. And I guess maybe it's not. It's more that... I wouldn't i guess it's not because i'm going through i do the same thing just with someone's skill set if i'm going track climbing and someone is not comfortable with or i don't perceive them as being comfortable on a certain run out or commitment level or grade Mm -hmm. i'm just like i'll i'll do it okay um but i don't know if that's but during the day yeah i'm pretty open
1: okay I mean, I'm definitely more open. I think, with women than I am with men, and I don't know why that is, but but I like the the male climbing partnership better. Yeah. So you push harder. You for like sure. it gets gets you near your limit. Yep. Or at your limit, unless it's my fiance, or if I've also also found that when my daughter is nearby and cheering me on, that's huge for me too. Like, because I can just block out other voices Uh and I can pick out her voice. I can pick out my fiance's voice. And oftentimes if I'm with one of my male climbing partners, it's their voice that I hear. Yeah. So, and I think that's really important. If you've never experienced that when you're climbing, then maybe you're just not finding the right partners, you know, or maybe you're not looking for partnerships at all. Like you said, you're just going climbing with whoever. Maybe I started off too strong where. I, there's
0: partnerships, but I just don't think it's to the same degree. Yep, I don't. No, I, know I, just, exactly I don't think it's mean. the same degree where um, it has been in the past with climbers. Yeah,
1: yeah. I can go sport climbing with a lot of people. Yeah, you know, a lot of people that I've barely ever climbed with or had conversations with. But you're right. If it's going to be a big objective, if it's something you're really emotionally invested in, I think you need somebody that, that you're close to. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back to your LCAP partnerships. Um, you've partnered up with, I know you partnered with Tommy on the mirror wall. Is that right? Magic mushroom. With magic mushroom. Right. So what's that kind of partnership like where. Stressful. Where <laughs> Stressful as far as it was never stressful about
0: logistics. We both like nailed that workload, not an issue. I mean, you're climbing with Tommy and it's just like, God. i like, I just was, <laughs> these conversations where I was having with Adam today where it was like, it, I wonder if I could have, what if it would have made it worse if I knew that Tommy was going to go the next week and do it in a day. Right. Would that mess with me even more? Yeah. Just this notion of like, I could barely do it over five or seven days, wherever it was. And- this idea of, oh, yeah, I'm going to come back and do it in 24 hours. I feel like,
1: fuck you. That's
0: tough. <laughs> it's it's that ego. Yeah. That word ego where yep. it's just like it hurts. It's like, oh,
1: yeah, I know you're better than me, but damn, are you that much better?
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's, and
1: that's what I'm wondering. Like if, you know, your partner on this wall is the guy destined to become the greatest wall climber we've ever seen, wall-free climber we've seen. So how does that affect your try hard when you're on the wall? Are you trying harder or are you cowering a little and letting him do his thing? It goes both ways. I mean, he's he,
0: you naturally have, I think, in a partnership, a leader and mm-hmm. first the A team and the B team. Yeah, And like I can think of a number of pitches, one down low where it was only 12C, but it was off a bunch of heads. And I was like... I, it's you, Tommy. Have yeah, fun. No doubt. <laughs> I, I don't think I can do this right now. Yep. And it was on a bunch of small heads. And I was just like, I just can't. I don't foresee me doing this right now. I don't have this dialed enough. Yeah. And he was like, cool. And
1: got the job done. And were when you were on the wall, were you aware of the, like, the ego games that you could be playing with yourself? I was aware of it. Uh, it goes back to that partnership.
0: Tommy and I have known each other for quite a while and, but we hadn't climbed together that much. Okay. And that was the first time on the wall where, and it, I mean, yeah, I always looked up to Tommy I mm-hmm. admired him and, um, it was exciting and it was a big unknown project, but the, I knew the most stressful part was, okay, he's going to get it
1: done, but am I going to be able to get it done in time? Right. Were there things, you know, actionable things you did on the wall to lessen that destructive uh, part of the ego?
0: I didn't do anything. I was just no. I mean, I thought I was. I rested more. Like he, we would session on the wall for a couple mm-hmm. of days. We'd come down, and he would just like boot up and boulder for another day. Right. It's <laughs> just like you're bouldering right now damn, I can't even, like, think about climbing. My fingers hurt. Yep. And he's just, he's training some more. Well, it's a
1: pretty mature decision to just be able to say, I'm not going to do that. You go ahead and do that, I'm going to hang back. Yeah, you might say it's mature, but I would
0: say it beats you too. It's just like. Because, I mean, when you're young and driven or driven, Mm -hmm. it's like, I want to keep up with the big dog. Right. And I want to do what if that's what it needs. But it's like, okay, if I do that right now, I might not walk away with anything. Right. It could be five weeks and walk away with nothing. And there's a sliver of hope here. I'm going to put it in my favor. I can't boulder. Mm -hmm. I, I I just couldn't. My skin needed repair, and then he would work on his house
1: some, and I would just sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so in a sense, you let your ego take you to make better decisions because you wanted to keep up in the long run. You might make decisions, but internally
0: there's that battle. Oh, for sure. And I think that's what we all struggle with when we yeah. talk about ego is there's that internal battle of that self-worth, and it's like I might not be worth it. I'm less worthy than this other person. Mm-hmm. And that's hard, I think, to deal with.
1: Yeah, and that's what I'm kind of getting at. Like how, you know, with Tommy being your partner, how how do you deal with that? He's
0: good about, I mean, he's a good partner. He's very good at putting you at ease. And maybe that's a big part of it. I mean, there's this relation, a partner is having a partner in any sense yeah. is
1: there's a relate two-way relationship. And, and we saw that with him on the Dom wall with Kevin. Yeah. You know, he um, hung back and waited. Yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, it's,
1: in, it's hard. When um, going back onto the ego track here, you just, I guess it was last year, you guys did the Black Diamond Boot Camp. Uh-huh. You know, and you, got, you had Sam and Dan and Joe all three pretty radically different personalities, and definitely ego built into all three. And there has to be. I mean, I think there has to be to push yourself in a sport like this. But how did you... Was there something you saw different in the three of them that you could help the three of them along with by pointing out the others? That That was an interesting
0: kind of couple months session um there is a lot of ego and i i don't say necessarily uh, when we use that word in ego it's usually negative yeah it's, someone it's has a an ego word. it's a really loaded word but i think for anyone to push a standard or push themselves to the limit you have to have an ego yeah ego is not necessarily a negative thing and uh ego drive I mean, we—that's a good word for drive. But that's at this moment, drive is we use that in the positive, right? Where ego, oh, they have an ego. It's negative, right? And but that ego is what makes you get up and work hard and push. Um, but they all, like you stated, they all have different personalities. They all have an ego. They're all high-end athletes. They all want to push it. But their personalities are very different. Yeah, Joe's very outgoing. Dan's much more quiet. Sam is very uh, expressive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was as a coach, it was a great experience as far as because I believe in struggles when we learn the most. When we struggle, so if I had a struggling moment with that camp, I would say right because it was on many levels just challenging. Um, they all wanted what was best for them but it's a training camp you can't, it's not an individual needs, it's it's a group thing Mm -hmm. trying to get them to understand that one's behavior affects the other Um, just that team camaraderie of if you it's not a zero sum game a lot of us believe climbing is a zero sum game so if you have a badass day that means I'm having a bad day right and that's not true you and we see this on the send train so if you send sometimes the environment's good where it's like you send then you send and then you send and it just keeps going and other times it's you send and then everyone else gets shut down right and that's an environment thing and Mm. it's it's interesting i think when you it's hard to express to people like calling
1: them out on their stuff oh definitely And I think, you know, we, we take an emotional hit if you're being called out and climbing is an emotional thing, no matter how you look at it. Oh, it should be emotional. Yeah, for sure. I think I love the emotional
0: part. I mean, there's the negative, ugly side of fear and all that, Mm -hmm. but there's this other side of fight, desire, want, drive, and just like you see that and that's emotion. Yeah. And I think at a certain point in everybody's climbing, if they're climbing long enough, they think that the next stage is to eliminate emotion. Okay. I think somewhere within everyone's climbing, they they come to this point where it's like, I'm eliminating emotion. I'm just going to be a cold, calculated killer robot. (laughs) I'm just going to go in and destroy and just... But Mm -hmm. you can't reach that upper potential, I don't think, because that's what emotion... Because when you show emotion, that positive emotion it does affect your environment Mm -hmm. and it does become contagious and people start driving energy towards you. Yeah, Um, And that's why I think what you're hitting on on when you said that you could hear your daughter, your fiance's voice down there. It's like, oh, they're watching. They're they're paying
1: attention. They're aware. I need to put on a good show. I need to do this right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my fiance always says that she knows when I'm about to send something whenever people walk up. And I just I have a natural You respond to those people. I, I respond to a crowd. You know, that's that's just what I've always done from music to now, whenever I'm on a stage in front of people, I'm at my most comfortable. And and she said multiple times, you know, as soon as that crowd walked up, I knew you were sending. And and I think that's that's ego, you know, that's part of that is me wanting to perform for people Mm -hmm. you know but i but i've learned to use that to my advantage but a lot of people would twist that and say oh you're just you don't climb for yourself for sure i could definitely be called a show pony i could see that but is that a bad thing i don't think so i don't think so because that's where i always get angry is when or frustrated when people
0: say like oh you're just doing it for this or that and it's like hey we all want to feel worthy
1: Yeah. And we all want to put good energy back out there. Yeah. You know, and like you said, the partnership is so important. If I have a partner who's just bad energy all the time, that's not going to be my partner for very long. You know, and if I can take my ego and use it to perform and then have that turn into good energy, then that's good for everybody, I think. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. So looking at Joe and, dan and sam were there any particular challenges having those three guys all all strong all good athletes were there particular challenges getting their egos to work together oh yeah
0: because of the project it was also i don't think there was as much emphasis maybe there was some in the videos that people saw i mean they live together right I mean, they trained together, they lived together, they were together for quite a bit mm-hmm. and they had no person or... And they weren't like great friends leading up to that. They all know each they other each well. Other. Right. But I wouldn't say they... I They mean, weren't they, like road homies for years or something like that. Probably some of them are more connected than others throughout their life. Um, but yeah, I would say not roommates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Um, yeah i mean joe joe never trained he was super excited over motivated and thought he could do more than he could and got injured early on and that Mm -hmm. was a bummer um dan was struggling with the finger thing and he wanted to show that he could work hard he wanted to like I can work hard, but it's like he's broken. He can only do so much, I felt. Yep. Um, And a lot of people, they, and I'm sure you guys see this, is if you're not physically trying hard, you're not necessarily training. And there's all these other components that are much more vague and nuanced that takes more mindfulness to actually train. Mm -hmm. But it's externally, it's not as... Um, easy for people to grab, like, oh, yeah, he's working hard. Yeah, it's, Someone's not a, it's not a tangible thing. Yeah, you just see someone, but if you see someone mindfully rolling out on a foam roller and they're like, whoa, that, you, it could look that way. Right. But most people, they just go, kind of, okay, I'm done. And then off they go. Yep, And that's sort of like, okay, I'm a hangboard. And there's not this uh, more that they're providing so i think dan struggled with finding that
1: when dan going in was kind of the the underdog of the group you know he definitely he, isn't as well known as joe and sam socially in, in like a right in in the general climbing yeah. community so you know it's likely that he probably had the same sort of feeling that that you might have had with tommy on magic mushroom oh yeah like Oh, you for know? sure. Should I defer to these two guys because they're the better guys?
0: There's the defer, or I think it's more that you just want to prove that you're on the same playing field, that you're worthy enough to play on the same field. For sure. Um. But yeah, that's. And then Sam was uh, a. He kind of did buy into that zero-sum game. So if one person was having a great day and he wasn't able to keep up, that would bring him down. Mm-hmm. And I think
1: that's a common thing that a lot of people do. I've seen it in couples quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> like quite relationship bit. couples? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when they're out climbing. Uh-huh. You know, if, if the girl's having a great day, the guy's day just goes to shit automatically. I've seen that happen a lot. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. When Joe got injured, was he able to keep his stoke up for everyone else? Oh, no. That was what I – because I was the first – because I I mean, I know them all
0: socially. Right, right. Like, I kn- I've known Joe for a while, but I haven't really hung out with him. So, I was like, really? On the side? Are you really Mr. Psych? All the time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah. And, and I was like, no, really? No one can be that psyched all the time. And then he hurt his finger and he wasn't psyched. Yeah. <laughs> And he was bummed. Like he wouldn't show up for a couple of days because he was pissed. He was bummed. He was probably mad at himself for doing it, uh, not listening or just overdoing it or just thinking that this gym crap is going to bust me because you right. hear that. It happens often. Um, And he was bummed. And I think it's, but Joe is one of those people that is genuinely very positive and yeah, he is. good energy, yeah. which is
1: quite nice to be around it's mm-hmm. interesting it's interesting yep. yeah i agree completely the first time i ever climbed with joe he was i was only climbing you know v6 or something and he was just as psyched for me as he was for him yeah you know and that's great to see but it's interesting that you you say he, he couldn't keep that up once he was injured and i think that that's you know partly to do with when you have that heavy drive and you know, especially when other guys are involved and there's a bit of a competition happening, which is going to happen when you have mm-hmm. guys together, then, and when something falls apart for you, it it just seems like it's that much further to fall. So, you know, your ego is going to take a giant hit yeah. when that kind of thing happens. But he was able to bounce back eventually, yeah. I'm sure, through being just pulled time. up by all of you guys.
0: Yeah, time. He turned it around,
1: felt yeah. better after a while.
0: I mean it was a three-month project, I believe.
1: Cool. So. Now back to ego again. When you're when you're say working with competition athletes mm-hmm. um, whose whose main focus is just to be a competitor, do you see something different in them as far as how they need to harness their the positive side of their ego or their drive as a pro as opposed to outdoor general climbing public um i think
0: there's a lot more stress i think when you're competing because you do dedicate i mean to to this day and age to climb well these comps you have to dedicate a lot of time in the gym Mm -hmm. and I don't, I mean, gym climbing is great, but after a while, you just want to shoot yourself. I mean, how many times, how much time can you go in there? (laughs) Yeah. And they log hours and hours and hours and they do a great job. And that's why I think most of them are young because they're limited. They can't really get out as often. They can't travel and that sort of thing. Um, But when you go, you invest months of effort and then you go game day. And it all falls on you. And you have to perform well that day. And most people, all they do is they train so they don't screw up. Right. And it's really hard to, like, that ego is, like, self-worth. And it's like, no, they they have to, they don't really train it properly because they train as, like, like, you are worthy to be there and you deserve to be there but you and everyone else deserves to be there but you have to show up and show that you want to be there and that you are an amazing person that you are an amazing climber but you have to bring that you can't just uh, kind of warm up and then do it i mean everyone's expecting you to do that and emotionally a lot of those climbers aren't built that way -hmm. I think a lot of climbers as a community were a bunch of nerdy folks. We're all quiet and awkward and finicky. We're not showboats. Like, look at me. Like, your traditional athletes are very, look at me. Look at me. Right. Climbers are like, They're pretty intelligent and they're overthinkers and they think they can outsmart. And that's the thing. They train. They think they can outsmart. And you see this and you'll see this like bouldering format. You'll see the boulders. They try and they fall and they sit there and they stare at the wall as if something like, oh, there it is. Like, oh, I I, I forgot. The the rat's on. (laughs) It's like, no, I don't know what. And they just stare and stew and they don't back off and just feel... And like, I don't think that people train it effectively. Like, I need you to train, like, to be awesome. Like, I need you to become the man or the woman, and like, I need to watch you and go, yeah, nice rhythm. Because it's just I talk a lot about dancing, yeah. and I don't dance. I'm terrible at dancing. <laughs> yeah. But when someone is climbing well, you see that natural that rhythm. Yeah, like they feel it. And that's the key sense that most people don't tap into when they're training is feeling. And some people are like, oh, don't tell me how you, how, like, do you feel like you need a rest day? You should listen to your body. But just mm-hmm. like feel, like feel when your body should generate, feel when your body should go, feel when you're mentally ready. So when that climber falls off that competition problem, they come down. My common thing is I try to teach these people to look down or turn your back to the problem and feel first what just happened, but it takes like the ego is so strong. It's like, I shouldn't have fallen. That's so damn easy. I shouldn't be right. able to do that. And it's like back off, like just, just back off and just figure out, diagnose what happened. And then we can come up with a solution about what we need to fix. Or how we're we're going to approach this.
1: Mm -hmm. And do you do that on routes too? Like if if someone falls off of a route, say it's just a general climber and they fall off of a route they're working on. Do you take the same sort of approach? Kind of back away from it for a second? Well, it's that awareness piece, I think.
0: Most people can't even feel what actually happened. Right. And they watch themselves and they think that, oh, I'm just not strong enough. And it's like, dude, I saw you. You were tired. and you generated cuz your knees and toes work as a unit and when you're tired and intimidating your knee dominant so your trajectory's out but all they, they hit the hold but their bodies their hips are falling out and all they feel is my fingers aren't strong enough to hold my body back pull my body back in and it's like your fingers are plenty strong and if your toes are your the kids downstairs aren't doing their job they're not pulling they're not reeling your hips back in but they don't even notice that that it's just because their forearms are pumped and they're just like here, or their core has been engaged too long. So the timing is off, or who knows? There's so many moving parts, mm-hmm. but they can't look back and honestly just be aware of, like, so what happened? Okay, so, or even the storyline. Root climbing, I think, is a longer storyline. Sure. It's like, okay, and the story starts way down a number of draws, and things start going spiraling forward or backwards.
1: Mm-hmm. and so how do you how do you get them to kind of drop that um, you know that ego that causes them to denial to de- yeah the denial? denial exactly I think video is like
0: the easiest way okay. that's why I love pulling out is like bullshit you're scared right here look yep. <laughs> you totally like I, you can see it right <laughs> and they're like
1: yeah see you can't deny it mm-hmm. or is there something is? they can do you know, if they're, out, if they're out with just their partner and they're working on a route and they fall and they go immediately to that, you know, my fingers aren't strong enough or whatever, mm-hmm. what can people do to calm themselves down and, and be able to look at what happened and feel what happened? Or is it just a thing they have to practice over time?
0: I think it's something you have to practice, that awareness, that feel, be mm-hmm. able to recall. I mean, I've not come across very many people that can do it well naturally without much guidance and even with guidance it takes a long time i think
1: sure how would they go about working on it what's something they can do to i just start off with the single move system board
0: right side left side evaluate one side boom okay. you're awesome on this side okay the left side you're not so good or whatever and it's like well i'm not left handed right handed i'm like it's not that right it goes to the focal point of the weakness part there's a moving part that's not as athletic or is this uh muscle memory is not as strong and it's not firing quite as well and you need to find the source of that problem so you do the good side and you feel like oh that's good
1: now you do the weaker side and then good side Yeah, i also like to have people and this doesn't work as well on a route as a boulder problem but if i'm in the gym and someone can do a move really easily that I can't do. Yeah. I'm like, do that again. Show me that again. You know, and I wanna I wanna try to see what's happening in that move for them that that I can't feel happening in my move. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's super important. And I don't think people use that enough. They they watch the stronger climbers and either they they pretty much just automatically go to, oh, he's just stronger than me. You know. And that's not always in fact, it's probably less times the answer. Correct. It's something they're doing better than you, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're the stronger person, you know. And I think you have to drop your ego to to approach that person and say, "Can you do that again? Can I can I watch you do that?" Especially yeah. if they're your peer or if they're somebody who you have deemed to not be as good as you. Well, that's the and they can do a move that you can't yeah. do, you know. And often people will just turn around and walk away and just kind of, uh, oh, yeah, stupid route definitely. set me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These route setters suck. You know, that happens all the time. Yeah. Do you see particularly destructive ego patterns in the gym just amongst the general climbing public? Um. Other, other than that, blaming the route setters?
0: Uh, I don't think... People are getting better about do not blaming the route setters. At least I've been around for a while, so I think the
1: current generation—you doing a good, better job. You guys and, have good route setters here too. So. <laughs> um, I
0: think that I think boulders have—they need to stop sitting down and pouting at the base of the wall in the gym. They need to stand up, walk away. I can't tell you how that's my com- most common, like, cool. We worked it out. Walk away. Go just walk, come back. Like I just send them off some errand, and eventually mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm send, just sending you off. I don't care what you do. Just go. And then they come back after a couple of power spots on that thing. I'm like, okay, let's do some linkage or go for the send, pop your shoes back on. And they usually do remarkably well, but if we just pop our shoes off and we sit at the base, they don't nearly do as well. It's, I mean, it's crazy how accurate that can be. Do you think
1: they're just staring at it, psyching themselves out or getting frustrated? They're thinking
0: about it. Like if they're facing it, they're staring at it. It depends on what the floor structure is. Sometimes their backs are turned and their feet are going away, but they're still kind of sitting there in that pouty position. Mm -hmm. And it's just getting them to stand up and distance themselves. Like stop thinking. It's exhausting to think all day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's an emotional, like we've already touched on, it's an emotional thing. If you just keep stewing in that oh, yeah. emotion of just failing, then you know yeah. it's, it's likely to carry over. Correct. Tra- training that person
0: to think about what they do want. What do you want? What do you want? Don't. And some people are really good at pointing out what they don't want. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that's great. That's kind of functional, but I need you to state something in the positive of what you do want. I mean, like, yeah, you're skiing down the hill, skiing through the trees. I, and most people that are going new to ski tra- ski tree, ugh, s- skiing trees, all they think about is not hitting the tr- damn trees. Uh, right. But if you're an experienced skier, you're just, like, looking at the spaces. Yeah. And that's the same thing with climbing. You got to think about what you do want, not like, oh, what if my foot blows? My foot's going to blow. I'm going to smack my face, mm-hmm. especially on the top out of the boulder problem. <laughs>
1: Top outs are the bane of the gym climbers existence. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> right here too. <laughs> we, we are from the South. So top outs are a little different down there. Yeah. They're scary. Um, what about the climber to climber ego? You know, what, what do you see destructive in the gym there and how can we go about?
0: I think as a
1: community, and I'm guilty of that, of, I definitely am
0: giving people kudos, especially when you see something impressive, mm-hmm. regardless of the degree Like that was good, nice, and and actually point out what you thought was nice, not just yeah. a blanket statement. But that creates a very positive atmosphere, and yeah, then all tides rise, um, and because often, I mean, it's lonely if you're a strong climber. Is and some of the strongest climbers are the loneliest climbers in the gym because they don't have anything to anyone to climb with, right? But you have to still give back because those people can give back to you. I mean, I get insightful information from people that climb at a lower grade than I do all the time,
1: sure, but you're not going to get that insight unless you make <clears throat> yourself approachable. Yep, you know, something that we were just talking about that I see pretty often. With uh, with the ego kind of being destructive in the gym is you know there are going to be kids in there who are just jumpy and can do every jumpy dynamic move in the gym super easily, and it's really easy to dismiss things as oh that's just their style, mm-hmm. you know. But but for me and I've had a really hard time with this. I've struggled with it because I am a slow static super controlled climber mm-hmm. you know and i've worked hard to become more dynamic And i'm still not really good at it I'm barely good at it but when i see these kids in the gym i can I, I automatically go to oh that's that's not you know that's not efficient i automatically go there but my best days have come from watching this kid do some crazy dynamic move or doing some move in a totally different way than I would do it. And then going, let me try that his way, you know, and we're spending 25 or 30 minutes learning how to do it his way, as opposed to the way I can do it every time, which is my static, yeah. slow sloth like method. You know, my best days have come from that, from letting my ego down and, and just doing it, even though I might climb harder than him outside. Why do you climb more static? what's your conclusion these days i think it it comes from when i started climbing it was like francois legrand was the cool thing to watch um and i was a trad climber and that was just the style we climbed in and it it felt good people told me it looked good you know so i think i just stuck with that and it wasn't until sharma came along and was this jumpy kid And I started to realize that, oh, maybe that could work. I still never even gave it the time to learn it. I would occasionally do a dyno if it was in the gym, or I would have to do some dynamic move, and I would get through it. Can you pogo? I've spent a ton of time, actually, because of Carlo's videos, I've spent a ton of time learning that technique. And now I find myself using it occasionally. Yep you know, and, and feeling like I'm getting better at learning when to use it or when it's going to be more effective. So, but I think again, you have to drop your ego to practice that shit in the gym because people are watching you fail on something that's easy for that kid over there. Yeah. You know, it's really hard to drop your ego and do that.
0: Yeah. I see, um, uh, I probably shouldn't drop his name, but, uh, (laughs) famous climber come in. And he just dreads climbing the gym because, but he's learned to accept it because, I mean, he's this person that everybody in the world knows. Mm -hmm. And he gets schooled by tons of young kids or even adults just schooled. And he's just like, and it's, it's hard. That's really hard. And my say is, I mean, my feedback was like, give it to these people. I mean, give it to him. I mean, you're this person that's amazing. I mean, make them feel good for once. Like mm-hmm. make them feel good about that they can school you, and just change that direction,
1: and you'll climb a little bit better, most likely. But the gym is a very productive tool
0: to use.
1: Yeah, and he, and at least in my case, he would feel better. You know, it, it feels good to me when I am able to not just be the grouchy old guy. But it's fun being grouchy. It is. It's really <laughs> fun. Being I like being that grouchy old guy. I've definitely done my time being the grouchy old guy, but it's it's really it's a good feeling when I can be like, oh man, that's fucking cool. How do you do that? Yeah. You know, because then they get really psyched to be helping you. Yeah, you know, and that's a super good feeling for everybody. It is, and I agree. I wish
0: uh, the stronger community would do that more. But it's hard. I mean, there's frustrations. I see why we don't.
1: But Yeah. What are you learning from the kids these days? Because you've got some really strong kids around here. Uh, what are we... Uh,
0: I mean, they're, it's just that age-old thing is the, what used to be hard is just not hard. And they just piss all over it yeah that's huge and it's and i do have that crusty attitude like you're saying like well they didn't look smooth and they didn't really it comes with time but it's Mm -hmm. amazing how much they can execute like there's like no way i can climb that in that style but yet they do and with time their movements will mature but it's just this i think it's amazing how the women are just
1: like neck and neck with the guys now yeah not but More and more. Yep. Their growth is definitely bigger than the men's right now. They're growing at an exponential rate. And I think it's really cool to, that excites me
0: to see that gender gap
1: shrink. Yep. And I think it's tough, you know, for the older climbers to look at these 12-year-old girls climbing 514. Do you think it's harder for them? I think it is. Interesting. I think it's tough for people to accept it. You know, I've I've gotten much better at accepting it because I see it on the regular now. Yeah. But I think it's tough for people. Yeah, I guess years ago there was a lot of conversation about, but
0: they got smaller hands. And right, yeah. 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 But I they're so light. They
1: can only do that because they weigh right. 65 pounds, you yeah. know, things like that. And then, you know, you look at somebody like Ashima, and she's just a, a good rock climber. It doesn't matter how small her hands are, how light she is. She's a good climber. She moves like a brilliant rock climber. Yeah. So you take those things into, a, into account and you know, we've all got a lot to learn from them. Yeah. They just need to pace themselves.
0: Yeah. That youthful energy wears out.
1: Yeah. But you know, that's something I'm, I'm getting from the kids these days too, is this excitement. Oh about yeah. I feed on again, it again. You know, I think it's super exciting. I totally to feed watch. on it. Like I was <laughs> like today
0: with Adam, I was telling him like, yeah, I'm just, he, he knows I'm crusty and grouchy and blah 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 I'm like but I like to offset it with climbing with young kids that are excited <laughs> yeah. so it just balances me out because I just be this grouchy jerk all day and then it's like I like climbing with those people though yeah lightens me up yep gives me
1: hope but I I think it's important that this older generation pass things on for it's sure pass. yeah not get stuck in the old ways Or Ex- except that something else is coming and be gracious about it
0: or just pass on your knowledge mm-hmm. like this college kid i'm climbing with this evening and he's been we've been practicing simul climbing and teaching that art of simul climbing it's very effective for many reasons yeah and but people don't learn
1: how. yeah cool yeah. well i definitely appreciate you passing your knowledge on because you know i've I'm got smart. a lot to learn from you and you know all these people around here I'm sure do so and you're open to learning from them which I think is super cool.
0: Oh, I love yeah. I love being stumped. Yeah. Good
1: questions. All right, man. I appreciate it and let's do it again sometime soon. Thanks for having me, Chris. Yep. Thanks to Justin for inviting me over to his house and sitting down and having this conversation with me. Uh, you know, I wanted to give you guys something different than what you've heard from Justin before. And uh, and we tackle some kind of nebulous ideas here. And, you know, we've, we're doing our best to give you guys actionable information. And sometimes with nebulous ideas like awareness, that's really tough to do. Uh, it's something you guys need to practice. And um, there's that word again, practice. It's something not enough of us do, but um, needs to become a regular part of your climbing if you hope to ever... Uh, get to your limits, uh, wh- wherever those might be. Um, so, once again, thanks to Justin. You can find him at ClimbingSensei.com. if you're interested in working with Justin. He does uh, training programs, coaching, uh, private coaching. So, reach out to him. And once again, if you're in the So Ill area, the St. Louis, Missouri area, uh, come and see me at the So Ill Showdown. And, uh, Nate and I will be there the following week, 27th, 28th, 29th doing workshops. Uh, we will also be, be there on the 30th for a live podcast. So we would love to have you guys in and love to talk to you. Please come over. If you're in the area and you're interested in private sessions, we'll be there all week. So hit me up and we can schedule a time to have private sessions with either Nate or myself. And, uh, like I said before, if you haven't done it, Uh, Go give us a rating. Go give us a review. I'm looking to hit 100 here in 2017. So take some time. Go do that. We would appreciate it. That's huge. And as always, share us on your social medias. Uh, You can find us on the Facebooks, the Pinterests, and the Instagrams. Um, You will not find us on the Twitter because we don't tweet. We scream like eagles.
0: This time, time, to Power. This time, 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 this time,
1: this 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 time, this time, this time, this time, this time,
0: this time, this time, this time,